Welcome to the latest edition of Make Mine Mayday, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. This is the audio edition, and a bit of a mea culpa, we are playing catch-up here on the beginning of each episode. The next five episodes will be uh, being released pretty quickly, but if you have not checked out our YouTube page and subscribed to our YouTube channel, you did not know that we're going to be going live talking about um, stuff after Amazing Spider-Girl, so we'll have bunch of amazing Spider-Girl content, as well as a episode covering American Dream here in the next couple episodes. So if you have not been paying attention or being keeping up on the YouTube page, you can always find us here on audio. So without further ado, let's get started with Amazing Spider-Girl number 17 through 19 reviews here on the audio edition of Spidey Dude Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make My Mayday. I'm Zach Joyner, and right below me for some reason uh is kelly mcdaniel uh well hi uh and next to me is uh well now she's oh, next yeah uh also sir who is doing some technical uh, assistance uh the host of books of x a x-men podcast that's gonna be a patreon first show hi. so i like to in the back door my job is done um, <laughs> bye <laughs> All right, right Neil. He's giving me like three prompts to leave. I just want to leave. Well, then go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, so Bye. everybody, welcome to Make My Mayday, the show all about Spider Girl and her world. Uh, we are covering three issues tonight. This is gonna be a little shorter episode than we normally do. Uh, before we get started, though, I do have to thank our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Spidey Network. Uh, patrons such as Vakeman, Scott, Greg, Jurgen, Phoenician. Kale, Georgia, Jessica, Catherine, Cindy. Thank you guys for your support. Also, we got three new ones um, that I want to mention right off the top. And so uh, I want to thank our newest patrons. Well, uh, I'll, I'll do that in the audio edition. So if you're listening to the audio version, definitely have the updated version uh, of that as well. So uh, without further ado, let's get started started i am zach joiner that is kelly mcdaniel and uh what issues are we covering tonight kelly we are covering amazing spider girl 17 amazing spider girl 18 and amazing spider girl uh sometimes 17 but really is 19 <laughs> we will explain that little <laughs> um bit here in a minute so as, there's two seven- I stated, i took the 17s Yes, she took yes. the 17s and I took 18. So there you go. Um, so uh, I'm hearing Discord. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be you. No, that would be yeah, it would be me, but it'd be <laughs> Neil hosting in Discord. So uh, thanks, Wendy. Thank you. So Neil. yes, uh, go over to our Discord. The link is at the top of the homepage, which was recently updated. I recently updated the uh, front page of Spidey-Dude.com. Check that out. And uh, so we got Happy Life Day, everyone, from Vinklin. And he says, Neil, with a SoFlo. So, hello, it, it is everybody. Life day. So, everyone, watch the best holiday special ever. Totally not being sarcastic. Um, Star Wars holiday special is awesome. And I will not accept slander on this holiest of days. What are the chances that they'll ever put that on Disney Plus? Never. <laughs> I want to see a drunk Carrie Fisher. Okay, I never actually got to watch the holiday special, so like uh, it's on YouTube. It's okay, so it's on YouTube, and there is a very crisp 
almost digitally remastered looking version on YouTube that has the cartoon removed. And it literally says due to network issues. So I'm like, who remastered this to then possibly air at a later date? And that didn't happen. I'm pretty sure Disney did that on purpose and then realized that they couldn't actually put it on Disney Plus if someone snuck it on YouTube, but it still hasn't come down. So you can watch it. It's on YouTube. I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to break down and do it. Uh, I am do excited. I did. I am excited for the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Me that too. Looks, that looks that looks great. Uh, um, I, they, have you uh, seen Wakanda Par- Forever? Huh? You saw Wakanda Forever? What this week? Yes, I saw it Tuesday. Nice. I yeah, I, I saw I it on Saturday. Yeah, I think there's a no delay. spoilers. Sounds like there is a delay, so let me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's weird. All right. It's. I, um, I think it. I'll make sure that I I stay about a beat off before I answer things. So okay, um, we're covering the three issues tonight. Did I just? Stop. I got freaking I got pop-ups and stuff. <laughs> it's distracting me. Uh so we're covering the three issues tonight. Uh we do have some news though. And to talk about it, Kelly, give us the news. Sorry, I need to like just I can't have the jump in since there's a delay for some reason. But uh yeah, so we're getting some new Mayday. Um I'm still not 100% sure exactly what is going on, but there is a Marvel Unlimited exclusive uh, comic. Uh, They've put out a lot of them recently, and one of them is called Spider-Verse Unlimited, and it is an anthology series. Right now it's at issue 2021, and um, issues 25 through 29 will be featuring the one and only Mayday Parker. Uh, so we've seen a lot of art. Uh, she has her long hair uh, and had a denim skirt, uh, quite like Amazing Spider-Girl. We saw a slightly older Benji in a J2 shirt. So he's also justice for J2. This is clearly not mocking me. Um, and yeah, so I'm not entirely sure exactly what's going on, who's behind it. Um, but that's happening. So that's pretty cool. I know that they did like eight issues with Penny already and they've had Miles and Pete and and they've done a few different little things and it's mostly about 12 pages each. It's not really a full-sized comic story. Um but they're like really neat little additions if you buy Marvel Unlimited and you should. It's like $105 to have the plus subscription for the full year. And you get like really cool toys and stuff that I normally just give to my nephew. So it's, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. I've been doing it since, I mean, this is, this is how they got me uh, when they first started Marvel Unlimited with Spectacular Spider-Girl. So makes you wonder if somebody's going to the show. Hello, Marvel. I mean, they probably do. And they're mocking me by putting J2 on on Benji's t-shirt and then not giving us the rest of 
the J2 series on Marvel Unlimited. Just remember the hashtag justice for J2. Uh, as McMahon puts in the chat. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the the series. And these are usually, if I'm remembering correctly, these are Infinity Comics, so they're designed specifically for the mobile market. So if you use the guided view feature, it kind of animates the... That's the best way of describing it. Animates kind of through the, through the comic. So... Um, it, I haven't read any of these, but uh, I'll have to go back and read some of them. Uh, I've done, I've read some of the Infinity Comics when they very first came out, and they were okay. They're definitely optimized for like the a tablet or a or phone. So uh, if you're reading along, I don't know how it's going to read on a like a computer screen, but um, definitely looking forward to uh, reading you, some new pictures. You can't access Marvel Unlimited on a computer screen anymore. That's right. So you can access it through your tablet. You can access it through um, your phone. Um, I believe if you really, really wanted to do it, you could probably find a way to get it to work, like get the mobile app to work on your desktop, but you have to go through the app. Um, and so that's kind of the the situation at hand here. So download the app. Um, if we had an offer code, we give it to you, but uh, we don't because Marvel doesn't support us that way. But uh, well, they, I I'm pretty sure I'm blacklisted from any codes after that time. I exploited the fact that the Diet Dr Pepper, uh, and, and this is back when they first first did this. Uh, so what 2010? God, uh, is it long? yeah, and um. It gave you a free month, but you could stack the things. And they caught me about what was it, eighteen months in after I had stacked them. Um, <laughs> so, don't Kelly don't be me. Game in the system. Look, they shouldn't have had it. Exp- like that. That honestly was on them, not on me. Yeah. <laughs> And there's our Waylon Wade uh, appearance for the episode. All right. But okay. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot of news. Otherwise, I know that, you know, obviously we have some, you know, she's currently in that Spider-Man book. Uh, and she, uh, you know, the baby was mentioned in the gold goblin or golden goblin, which where have yeah. we heard that before? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so, you know, uh, obviously May is her, her presence is, uh, alive and well at Marvel, you know, just so that they can sell more comics as always our subscriptions. Yeah, look, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I will kind of talk about like uh, if you're reading the along with the issues, it's kind of fun to look at these trade dresses and see mm-hmm. who trusts Secret Invasion. And um, just to tell you and give you context, the first Iron Man, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, is on uh, not issue seventeen. Um, as I hold the 
uh, book up to our audio listeners. Right. It's, it's 17 part two, even though yeah. it makes no sense story-wise for that to be like that. But yeah. Yes. So, um, all right. Without further ado, I'm going to let Kelly give the rundown of Amazing Spider-Girl 17, the actual number 17. Yes. All right. So cover date is April 2008. It was on sale February 13, 2008. Uh, the title is A Matter of Trust. We start off where Spider-Girl is wall crawling and web slinging all over Manhattan in the rain looking for dead spot, but no such luck. Mary Jane calls May to ask her to meet them at Dr. Kaplan's, and while May fears for the worst, thankfully it's just so the family can get their blood tested to match as a donor for the surgery that Benji um, it can have to hopefully fix his hearing. This is just a precaution. It's just in case he needs a blood transfusion if something goes wrong, but it's totally, you know, this is like totally a plan B C or, you know, D. It's not anything to super worry about. And meanwhile, somewhere near the docks, a new crime lord named Crime Lord wants to hire some goons for a plan he has for tonight. Just as May decides no one is going to need a web spinner tonight in this kind of weather, uh, Valentine Motors gets ambushed by the crime lord, and Crime Lord offers Mr. Valentine a bid on the Wilson Fisk documents. Barely an hour later, Valentine is telling Chesbro what happened and Chesbro advises Valentine to get more info on this auction and telling him where to be when it happens. The next morning, the Parkers get a call from Dr. Kaplan and he has scheduled the surgery for Ben and arranged for the Parker parents to stay overnight with Benji, as well as finding out that May is Ben's closest match for a blood donor. And this makes May feel so relieved. Uh, it kind of helps her with her guilt it make this kind of makes her feel like you know she can kind of make right what has happened and you know things will be okay uh so in hobby uh hobgoblin's lair he is yelling at drasco about finding the fist files and as drasco leaves hobgoblin asks mindworm if they can trust drasco uh mindworm says he was hard to get a read on and while he is hiding something it could just be because drasco is playing both sides Pretty normal, you know, villain would working with dirty cops kind of mindset. So Mindworm doesn't think too much of it. Uh, Mindworm disguises himself as a goon for the Black Tarantula so he can get more info uh, to send to send a hobby in a overdramatic. Uh, what am I? What did I write last week? This is crazy. Uh, anyway. Basically, to get more info, and this sends Hobby into an overdramatic villain pose and laughing, yelling, because he's the Hobgoblin. Anyway, at Midtown High, May and Davida talk about Benji's surgery and how she's going to be staying home alone for the night uh, for a good night's rest, but Davida doubts May could sleep with everything going on. Jean walks up and asks for a minute to talk to May alone, and while Davida has an attitude about it, May lets Jean talk to her, and Jean asks her if she wants to get back together, like he said last time, ending it with, are you willing to make the necessary changes to give us a fighting chance? And I put that in quotations in my notes, because, ew. Um, all right, later, Chesbro is talking to Cottonmouth about the auction, and while Black Tarantula doesn't really have a need for these files, or even really wants them, Chesbro knows that 
by a black tarantula not having them, it means it's going to someone who can use them to hurt his master. And, you know, he can't allow that. Too bad Mindworm was was the goon sitting next to Cottonmouth listening in on their conversation. As May is heading home, she gets a call from Chesbro about the auction. May didn't want to go out tonight. She didn't want to risk anything getting in the way of her helping out her baby brother. But she gets suited up and calls Drasco asking to meet up. Drasco is uh, staking out watching Charlie Kernkel, who, as we know, was dating Mona, the girl who had Wilson Fisk's discs earlier, which she got from Charlie. Uh, he's at the bar called Seedy's and is t talking to a man who is offering him a job, like a goon kind of job. And Charlie passes because he's doing his own thing now, and he might be set for life if it goes right. Spider Girl and Drasco talk, and Drasco says he never gave them to anyone. He never gave the files to anyone, um, or the disc to anyone. And he's not running around with a name like Crime Lord. He figures that someone, maybe Charlie, is the new masked opportunist, as he might have copied the files Mona had. May sneaks a spider tracker on Drasco as Drasco sees Charlie leave the bar. May chooses to follow too, and her spider sense zeroes in on a window, which is where Charlie is trying to convince Mona to get back together with him. And he's telling her that he shouldn't have let his work get in the way. And the argument reminds May of her and Jean. Super red flag, but all right. Um, but Mona just thinks that, you know, he's a thief and a bad one at that. May debates if Mona might still be the one working with Crime Lord, but it's so wet and cold out a lot. And <laughs> when I wrote this, uh, Atlanta was dealing with Hurricane Nicole. Uh, so anyway, it was really wet and cold out and May decides that she's just going home, going to go home before her parents get worried. May gets home, gets comfy in her pajamas and sees her parents and Benji off to the hospital. As she's just about to head to bed, the doorbell rings. May worries it might be dead spot, but when she opens the door, it's Davida and Courtney with pizza, Cold Stone Creamery ice cream, and a bunch of Leonard Groot DVDs from Blockbuster. Meanwhile, elsewhere, dead spot speaks to someone on her burner phone, and while she's frustrated by not finishing her last hit and still on that mission, the voice gives her a new hit, as well as stops the current one against Spider-Girl. May tries to sleep, sending the girls home around midnight, even though they want they wanted to stay longer. May still can't sleep, though, and decides since the rain stopped, she might as well get some exercise to help her racing thoughts, right? She decides to see where Drasco might be and follows the tracker. She reaches an old Brooklyn theater and thinks it might be where the auction is held, but before she gets closer, something explodes behind her, narrowly missing her, thanks to Spider-Girl's spider senses. And it was like a crack-a-boom was the sound, uh, almost as lightning strikes. It's the Hobgoblin. Uh-oh. Inside the theater, all the crime lords of New York City are meeting for this auction. Deadly Delilah, Cornell Cottonmouth, Man Mountain Marco, and Fancy Dan. Hobgoblin does his best to fight Spider-Girl as Spider-Girl is trying to get away to avoid any sort of super fight so she can be at the hospital tomorrow. And Hobby... Oh, and Hobby tells her that they are both party crashers for the auction because he didn't get invited. Hobby outmaneuvers Spider-Girl and catches her in this new grenade net goo trap thing 
uh, and it traps Spider Girl from getting away or getting out. And Hobgoblin uses her as the bid, as his bid for the Wilson Fist documents as he crashes the auction to be concluded. All right. Um, <clears throat> so love this issue. It's such a. I, I now I talked about this last episode, but I love and I've got the uh, book in, in my hand uh, if you're listening to the audio edition. But Crime Lord's outfit is like a mixture of like the Rose meets like Jigsaw Jonah Jameson from the 90s show when he's got the fedora and the overcoat um, and the gloves. And so I really like this this uh, design by by the uh by ron friends and i you you like i like the design of the character just the name could use some work but as we learn (laughs) like yeah but you're right i mean look the the name the 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 name is the name like i'm I'm saying it i'm saying it against the character not against the creative team this is true (laughs) um but I, I love the design, but yes, the, the crime lord is just on, a little too on the nose for for a comic. Um, but they they even make fun of it too, so like they understand. Um, yeah. But love um, that splash page with hobgoblin, the kakakum, you know, with, with the lightning in the background, and it's you know Roddy and his you know just gleefully going after spider girl is just a just a beautiful image so the artwork is incredible i really like the way that defalco balances the ongoing gang war story with the family drama and the and how mayday is torn between the two uh it definitely dates this era significantly because you're talking about blockbuster you know what are you talking about Block- no blockbuster is timeless i mean blockbuster, blockbuster will rise again yeah from that one lone uh blockbuster in oregon somewhere uh but yes blockbuster was for for you young here for you young whippersnappers your blockbusters what you used to do before netflix <laughs> um God, I've never felt so old. Uh, but no, uh, I loved the, that uh, Davida and uh, Courtney come over and kind of have a girls' night. Like it's these things that, if you're just reading this for the first time, you're like, oh. But like, they have needed that type of bonding time, you know, because with everything going on with the election and Moose and all that, like, you know, well, guys, guys, their guy time. Well, too, it's also like Davida's like Hail Mary and like, please don't get back with Gene. <laughs> I mean, listen, very rarely I agree with Davida. Um, but in this no, case, it's no, I mean, she's she's not wrong. Like right. her vibes, like knowing that he's bad news is not wrong. It's just more. I mean, my goodness. Again, as I stated, red flags because he wants her to, you know, Jean wants her to change everything about herself just so, you know, May can be the arm candy for his quarterback dreams. And then she, and then May's literally listening to Charlie and Mona, who we know are 
pretty dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's listening to that and going, oh, that sounds like me and Jean. And of course, in teenage brain, she's like, oh, man, I, maybe I should give him a chance, which is no, no. Like, realize that you're literally like watching a, a deadbeat criminal and his kind of shady girlfriend arguing. You should not relate to this, May. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I I don't know. I've got a lot of like thoughts. I mean, obviously my favorite scene is Courtney and Davida showing up. Um, Davida's joke about wanting strippers. Not that they could hire them. They're all underage, but I appreciated the joke. <laughs> As an eighteen-year-old hookup, though, let's be real. If any of the, if any of her friends, oh yeah, gonna... no, 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 Davida would find a way. But oh, yeah. you know, save that for the senior prank. Um, clearly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, no, like so again. The issue has great art, um, and the girls' night in the family hug, where they finally get the call that it's scheduled. That yes. That's just, uh, you know, warm, warms your heart. But yeah, no, I mean, and two, the first page with May flipping in the rain. Like, that's art. That reminds me. <laughs> I like, love that. So on the message board days of yore on Crawl Space, my, uh, my avatar was Scarlet Spider flipping from uh, Maximum Clonage Alpha number one. And this very much reminds me of it. And if I was on a message board right now, I would be using this image to like animate. In fact, you know what? I may make that on the discord. You're going to animate it. I'm, I think I'm going to animate. I'm going to scan the page in and I'm going to painstakingly okay. animate. Um, okay. Because I have nothing better to do anyway. <laughs> Well, but I, I love that splash page. It's a great splash page. Yeah, no, no. I like I said, I, I love everything about this issue. It's also it's setting everything up for that final chapter into the new story into brand new May because we're kind of coming back to those first issues of Amazing Spider Girl mm -hmm. with the Wilson Fist tapes and or disc and try to figure out like what actually is you know going to happen to this and it. It starts to tie everything up mostly because I just realized that there's a, I still have a few questions in terms of dead spot, which we'll get to in uh, well, the next issue. And I think it's the next issue. Cause yeah, cause we don't ever find out who really put the hit on her. I mean, I, I believe it's hobgoblin, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I always thought it was, it had to have been hobgoblin. It, I figured it was Roddy. Yeah. It was either Roddy or or sense if it's if it's Roddy because of the fact that she went after De uh, Chessboro. So, because like even even if like beat Black Tarantula is mad at his little servant, he's not going to you know well, destroy. The thing, the thing with Fabian, Fabian. He's got some messed up morals and messed up, like, I mean, he, what he thinks is right and wrong is very different than what normal people would think is right and wrong. But there's just something, he has honor. 
And yeah. so that to me, like he wouldn't, even if he was angry at Chesbro, he wouldn't put him, he wouldn't actually put a real hit on them. Although that might be why it was called off, but I don't think it was. And that's my thing is like, I don't, it also made me think too, was it Mindworm? Hmm. Trying to play the game. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that in the next issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if we ever really, I can't remember if we ever got to the bottom of it. It maybe. Hey, Ron, if you're what if you're watching and or listening right now, uh, feel free to leave us a comment. And, you know, <laughs> help us out. Yeah, because uh, uh, I don't. I mean, maybe I missed it when I was reading it last week. I yep. don't know. I so remember. Vinkman does bring up a good point. He says the ending of Amazing Spider-Girl 17 mirrors the ending of Amazing Spider-Man 26, where Green Goblin has captured Spidey and uses him as a bargaining chip to try to usurp the Crime Master. Which crime is Lord, ki- Crime Master. Yeah, this is kind of the MC2 version of, uh, you know, cr- uh, Crime Master, who is a yeah. Lee Ditko villain from way back. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't give Crime Lord that much credit. No, no, that would give that would be giving them too much credit. Um, I mean, this was this was a risky plan, and we find out that you know sometimes risky plans have consequences that are not so great, as we'll find out in the next issue. So I guess we should move on. Yeah, let's move on to the next <laughs> issue. Um, that's a good segue. All right. Uh, Amazing Spider Girl number 18. I'm going to be doing the rundown of this one. Uh, cover date May of 2008, aka when Iron Man 1 came out, the first of the MCU. Um, what started, what started a juggernaut and a lot of product placement <laughs> as she grabs her uh multiverse of madness Wanda bag. Look, look, I, I am aware. I complain a lot about marketing ruining comics for someone who buys all the marketing. Oh, very well. I, I bought the Wakanda forever cup just so that way I could take it home. So uh, they weren't even at the theater. Um, Regal was sold out of all the specialty cocktails. They were out of the popcorn buckets. There was nothing. And that was Tuesday of opening weekend. And it- <laughs> crazy uh all right so uh the on sale date though was march uh 12th 2008 the title of the issue is my ally my enemy uh the breakdown will be by me all right our issue begins like so many have before it a big opening splash page trapped in a polymer that she got herself into thanks to rowdy roddy kingsley in the last issue uh our hero mayday parker is struggling to break free of the bonds hobgoblin Trapped her at the auction that the crime lord started. And of course, they're not having it because uh, they don't trust Kingsley. Uh, in fact, so much so that they hired someone that crime master hired someone with a freaking bazooka to blast Hobgoblin's glider and has impeccable. You, you call you call crime lord crime master. Oh, I I thought I, yeah. Again, again, I get it. I get where this is all going from, but. My master, crime like, Lord is no crime master. Comments that that that's what happened. It, it, I, I blame Vinkman. It's Vinkman's fault. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Vinkman. Um, 
Uh, as Roddy recovers, the other bosses begin to encircle him when he calls upon the power of Mindworm to uh, help stop these proceedings. This goes swimming, swimmingly, or so he thinks, until Mindworm gets a little uppity and decides he's got the power, so he should be the one that's the boss. Which, in Mindworm's defense, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. Uh, we then cut to Midtown Medical Center where MJ and Peter are dropping off Benji for his surgery. MJ is wondering where May is, but Peter uh, Peter tries to call, but uh, they can't get an answer. Um, she's, you know, MJ's worried, but, you know, Peter's trying to reassure her that everything's going to be okay. Back in the theater, Mindworm makes a offer to the crime lord. Hand over the files or get mind messed. Uh, Hopkullen then tells them that they are talking too much. <laughs> and throws a pumpkin bomb of gas in between them, which conveniently hits May. This free helps Freer uh, and Mindworm it's almost, off. It's almost like he planned this. Right? It's almost. <laughs> like this was his contingency plan. Uh, this frees her, and Mindworm orders the bosses to kill them both. <laughs> A big fight ensues. We have a uh, like a, a four by or two by two grid page where we have in one corner the recreation of the cover. We have May fight a fighting man mountain Marco and fancy Dan for Roddy saves the day for May from man mountain, which May is kind of not feeling it. She's like, did I really just get saved by the hobgoblin? What the heck I mean- is this night is not. I mean, she should have realized not to like leave her bed that night. Like honestly, but you know, this is all because she went to go get some exercise. I honestly, she claims exercise. I think she really was trying to check up on. She was checking up on dress, though. That's the thing. The thing with May is, if her personal life is like going to heck, she's gonna go put on the mask and just run around. She's going to find a reason just to be Spider-Girl and not think about her personal sh- stuff. And then, you know, and vice versa. And that's that's almost. how she handles this. Like, it's almost different than... Because Peter just gives up. <laughs> Peter rage, but it doesn't rage quit. It's more like emo quits for a second and then comes back. She kind of runs, which is a lot like her mom. I was about to say that that's very much her mother in her because, uh, you know, of course, you know, MJ always had the mask on the metaphorical mask of she's yeah. the free, the free spirit and nothing bothers me. I am Mary Jane, you know, but that's actually not Mary Jane at all. Okay. When you passed it. So um, we then cut to the diner with Davida and Wes and they're having a discussion about them dating and Davida kind of just lays the cards out on the table and says, look, I know that you like May. Everybody knows you like May, except probably May. I mean, this is literally, this is her Hail Mary to get Jean away. <laughs> this is, this is her, this is her um, nuclear option at this point. She's trying. To- <laughs> she is trying so hard. Like this just that should tell you like, you know, how desperate she is at this point, because she's like just like straight up being like, look, I asked you out to try to get May's attention and it still didn't work. Um, so but she goes, maybe you should go be the shoulder to cry on. 
you know, because Benji's having surgery and he's like, oh, that's a great idea. So Wes is like off stage left. Uh, we have then Cottonmouth and Delilah. Okay. Can I just say he did say it was a great idea. He just left because he did. He did say it was great. You made idea. it sound. You made it sound like it was far happier moment where he, you know, Davina tried to like almost make Benji's surgery sound a little dire. But it is Davina, so she's. I mean, she's she's trying to be manipulative. She's kind of bad at it, but it's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's also, you know, trying, you know, trying to play the hard strings. You know. Oh yeah, no. Again, this she is, she's doing everything possible to get Jean far away from May. Yes. So we then have uh, back to the fight. We have Cottonmouth and Delilah attacking May as Peter decides to call. Uh, Peter, you know, Peter called earlier, but she couldn't answer because she was stuck in the uh, in in the impact webbing like net. Uh, May is trying to play it cool, of course, but Peter knows that she's lying. She's like, "No, it's just to shoot him up on TV." Sorry, I overslept. He's like, he hangs up with her, and he's like, "I've been in enough battles to know that that's the real thing." And of course, um, Peter knows she's lying, but he briefly thinks about going off to get his costume to go help, but his sense of responsibility towards MJ and Ben supersedes the need for action. He trusts May and in his heart says, go get him, Tiger. May has finally stopped most everyone, but Crime Lord and Mindworm are the last ones remaining. Uh, of course, Hobgoblin's still fighting his group of goons too she tells him that she she owes mindworm a beatdown. she being mayday uh but mindworm then tries to get the goons to kill may uh yelling kill her kill her kill her over and over again but uh may just outpowers them and kicks then kicks his ass <laughs> so just as hobgoblin is about is needing some assistance from may uh the police finally show up and um uh, Crime Lord begins to make their escape. A silhouette kind of appears to give chase to Crime Lord, and May sees that, causing her to go after them. Uh, in a nearby train yard, Crime Lord huffs and puffs their way to escape. Charlie then confronts them, and they, being Crime Lord, explain that they are they have to get out of there. They, the two of them, have to get out of there. Just as they are struck down, that being Charlie. Uh, dead spot has returned. Crime Lord is despondent at the sight of Charlie being dead, and they drop to their knees, revealing it was Sandra all along. Not Agatha, but Sandra. Uh, Mona. Did I say Sandra? I meant Mona. Oh, it was Mona all along. Sorry. I, I don't know where I got to say it. I, I just pulled the up, like one of the re Wow. Womp, 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 womp. Where is the sad trombone when I need it's it? It's Mona. Mona. Think, Mo uh, think like, okay, Um. so obviously this is going to show how nerdy I am. But um, Mona is a, there's like this huge bit in the Hey Arnold movie. So 2002, Hey Arnold, the movie, the bus driver voiced by Craig Bartlett, creator of Hey Arnold. Uh, he he created this thing for the bus driver where the bus driver was really upset about his girlfriend leaving him named Mona. Yeah. So this is how I think about it, because I just think Craig Bartlett saying Mona in my head 
and it's very awkward because then that makes Charlie sound like Craig Bartlett. It's it's an odd situation. Anyway. All right. So um it was Mona all along. May swings in and smacks Deadspot, who reveals that the con- contract on May was suspended, and that they're out. But they're they're out of here. They're trying to make their uh, they being the Deadspot's trying to make their escape. So May uses her spider sense to track her down, and she gets a drop on her. She's kind of surprised, but then she breaks free. She tries to get uh, as she's fighting with Deadspot. You know, May is trying to get info out of. Uh, out of her, but she literally destroys her battery pack, kind of remarking that, you know, must be hard being so dependent on these, you know, this, this technology. Um, and, uh, we have this magical splash page. That's what I decided to call it. Where our, uh, our hero, our pal, Sal, uh, Busima, uh, punches her into neck. Sal Busima punches her into next month. Uh, Back with not Sandra, but Mona, uh, we learn that there is no files. There was never files. They were fake. It was one big con. She was trying to get in a bunch of money for her and Charlie to go off and start a new life somewhere else. May notices that that, uh, Mona is the only one talking and that Charlie was gone. Mona is arrested. See, I fixed it. I fixed it later. Um, Mona is arrested and May gets an update. Mindworm and Hobgoblin have escaped, the latter taking out six men in the process. A cop with glowing eyes is walking away with the scene, but suddenly they're pulled into an alleyway with a very angry Rowdy Roddy Kingsley. Mindworm tries to say that uh, he's angry about the betrayal, and Mindworm's like, uh, it was a momentary lapse of judgment. That, But, of course, Kingsley's not buying it. Uh, he is Kingsley, and he has, in fact, prepared for this. Planting a bomb inside the base of Mindworm's uh, skull when the first time they embraced, despite nearly giving away Mayday's secret, Roddy doesn't believe that he is actually telling the truth, that Mindworm's telling the truth, and so he then destroys Mindworm. Okay, he kills him. Uh, walking I mean, away. I, I think at that point, I mean, Hop, Hop Goblin wasn't going to change his mind. He was going to kill him because he betrayed him the first time. So it didn't matter what he was going to say. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, like that's that that's the point. He wasn't like once that trust, quote yeah, unquote. I, I don't I like I don't what I'm saying, though, is I don't think that like Hop, I don't think the issue was Hobgoblin didn't believe that Mindworm would give him that information. It was more, one, he's not really looking for that information because mm-hmm. he's going to be Spider-Girl as Spider-Girl. Like, that's the vibe anyway. But two... He's Norman in the sense that Norman would want that information to go after Spider-Girl personally. It's just business with Kingsley. Exactly. So, like, that didn't matter. Like, that one, it doesn't matter. But two, that's there was no once mindworm pulled what he pulled which we knew he was going to um i mean because it was kind of obvious that he didn't trust hobgoblin either uh hobgoblin was going to get the best of him before he could hurt him so Mm -hmm. 
I, I just want to make sure that that's like super clear that it's not the like mindworm was begging because mindworm was begging, but it was like that was fe- that was futile to begin with. There wasn't. I, I don't even think. I, I think that mindworm was going to die the moment. Oh, he, the moment the betrayal happened, he was yeah. going to die. I even think that I don't even think that um, he was going to make it, even if there wasn't a betrayal. I, I just think that in in that regard, um, once he outlived he would, usefulness, and that's he, but that's what I'm saying is he would have still had usefulness after this. That that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, walking away to lick his wounds. Um, his plans are ruined, but we know and we haven't that we haven't seen the last of the hobgoblin. So he exits the series for a little while. The next morning, we have Mayday arrive at the hospital. She's carrying the guilt of what has happened with her. Wait, ready to- hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not the next morning. It's literally like right after this because it's already morning. Oh, was it already morning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the fight outside. So Charlie got shot. I'm wanting to say, I think it was probably around six or no, it would have been like around seven or something. And like she needed to be at the hospital at that time. And that- so that's why she's running late. Okay. Okay. I was. Uh, yeah. My bad. I, I for some reason thought it was still in. I don't. Time. I don't know. But see, because it's like in my in my head, she left out to go check on Roscoe at like one or two. Mm, yeah. And the uh, the auction I think started at three. And I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that like the times are really there because I don't think they are. So this could just be like my little head cannon of trying to keep things straight. But basically, the fight ensued for hours in the inside. But by the time Charlie and Mona ran outside, it was like daybreak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So later on that that day, um, you know, obviously, she is ready to confide in her father about, you know, everything that's happened. So everything is very fresh in her mind. Uh, she's still guilt ridden. Uh, so with the doctor you know, kind of interrupts that particular uh, bit where he brings good news. Benji should have his hearing restored and that he should have a, he has a clean bill of health, which is overjoyed uh, reaction between the family. Uh, May, MJ and Peter are very glad to hear it. Peter's kind of, it looks like he's in shock, uh, but May is overjoyed, but uh, she's still guilt-ridden. Uh, what ifs are playing in her head as she goes to get a drink of water? What if she hadn't gone after Deadspot? What if uh, she did CPR? What if she had found an ambulance? And that's when Wes shows up to offer his support. And she's glad to see him and very thankful that he's there to see her. When May decides to rush into Gene's arms because Gene showed up at the same time, ready to start over again, echoing the conversation that we heard from last issue and echoing the things that uh, Mona was saying to the lifeless body of Charlie. The end for now. Womp, womp. Kelly, your thoughts on this issue? Um, Obviously, uh, it's a fun time to watch may um team up with hobgoblin <laughs> that's always fun obviously art is fantastic um 
you know, and I, I do actually like the scene with Wes and Davida just because I like the fact that like, you know, Davida is that friend. She, she is trying her hardest to play the street, the, you know, the high school hierarchy strings to get her, um, you know, to kind of get what she wants because she thinks that that's what's best for May, even though May has told her multiple times, no, 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 no. No, Davida's like, no, I know better than you. Like, <laughs> which in fairness, in this case, she does. Because the thing is, is as we can see, May is clearly not understanding how, you know, at this point, you know, we, we dealt with her helping save Sandra. But May doesn't realize Mona, that. Mona, not you doing it. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm not. May I'm talking about Sandra. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, my bad. My bad. Talking about Sandra, but the thing is, is you know, May has helped Sandra get out of her relationship like that. May sees abusive relationships like that. She's not completely grasping that, you know, Jean is doing something similar with her. Because the thing is, May is not a person to Jean. She's an object that mm -hmm. he wants. And we'll see when I talk about it in the next issue kind of what he wants um, and, you know, what he wants out of her, but it's not her. He doesn't see her as the person. He wants the arm candy. He wants the status of having May Parker on his arm. And that's it. And she's supposed to please and live for him. And he's guilt tripped her when in quite fairness, she's kind of been in a very shocked and emotional and vulnerable state this whole time. He's used that to guilt trip her. And as we saw too, when he was trying to get her to stop running for class president, uh, sabotaging her poster boards and sabotaging her campaign behind her back for the sole reason to, to sit there and be arm candy for him. And this is all he wants. And like, it's not, it's not a good relationship. It's very, very red flag, very scary. So I'm here for Davida doing this because she's trying to do it in the best way that she knows how without starting some fight. But as uh, scheming for Sriracha says here, um, Eugene is just a toxic dude and he is. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It really sucks. Also too, like when she hugs him, like runs away from Wes to go hug Jean. Again, Jean's pants, like, I don't need to see that much of his underwear. I'm grossed out. I know that that was a look at that time. It's sometimes still a look now and I don't get it then, don't get it now. It's gross. Uh, so I just, it skews me out. He skews me out. Look at how low his pants are. It's gross. For those that are uh, audio listeners, I am holding up the actual book in the in, on the camera. Gross. No, just go to Marvel Unlimited and look at it. It's gross. gross. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just, uh, uh, and then of course, too, uh, one of the, I think my favorite moments, that, uh, well, I've got a lot to say. Uh, I, I will say before, um, before I move on from this too with May and Jean, here's the thing, as you stated, 
she was listening to Mona's last words and the regret with Mona, and she was already kind of associating Charlie and Mona's relationship to her and Jean. You can't tell me that because she feels guilty because she's sitting there going, well, what if I was a moment, you know, a second quicker or this or that, because she's, she does not take death well, even though there was nothing she could have done because dead spot just shot him point blank. No questions. Like there was no time. Nobody, you know, that's the thing. She did everything right. You can't control that. You can't control everything around. And that's the thing that may, she just takes on that guilt. She takes, she feels like she is responsible for everything and in that's the her, fight. That's her dad. Yeah, There's, no, it is. Yeah, it is. But that's what, like, this is stuff where it's like, I can tell you, like, if Peter was there, he would have told her that because he could, he could have thought far more objectively. And it's the, the thing that was like, cause it's, he, he can't take the, you know, he can't take that. She can't take that. We've had the talks about this because she constantly is thinking that she is at some failure as a superhero for tiny itty bitty mistakes going, Oh, well, my dad would have figured that out. And it's like, you're like 10 times better than your dad already. Like, no, <laughs> like your dad wouldn't have figured that out, especially not at your age. Um, but you know, like I said, we've already got that. So like, she's already dealing with that. She sees Jean and Jean goes, are you going to change and do everything I ask for, for me, for love? And she's doing it. And I'm like, she's in shock. She's not thinking clearly. Like I just, it, oh, like the older I get and the more that I think about it, it's like, she's not in her right head space for this. No. And I know that he doesn't re like, I know he's not realizing it, but he did also go to her brother's surgery that he knows was important to her. Doesn't ask how, you know, Wes is or anything like, or Wes, ask how Benji is or anything like that. No, he goes, so I'm here. So you're going to get back together with me, right? Like, see, and that's manipulative. And uh, I just, I, I, this is me just bashing Jean the whole time. Um, but uh, I will say to, to move on from that, um, Peter, Peter's first reaction going, I know those noises. I know she's there, which I think he's calling her at like six or seven too, by the way. Cause I think, cause he's calling saying, Hey, where are you? Mm -hmm. And you know, she, he's like, I know, I know what's going on. I should, I should go put on my suit and, you know, and go, go out there, which is such a dad thing. But like him actually finally going, no, this is her. My it's place is here. That is a, huge moment because one that's showing you know he finally does think that she can handle herself he's not he's not worried that she's not going to be there later he's he's like i he doesn't feel like he has to go swoop in and and save her if that makes sense like he's trusting her which is huge he, not only just for like dad moment but like just for peter in general because that is not a peter thing <laughs> well and, and let's be real if you, going back and you've listened to this show and you've read along the journey along with us, this is a very significant milestone with Peter. And there's been a slow progression getting to this point. But in the past, Peter would have just been like, no, I must go put on the suit. And then MJ be like, bro, you need to be here. Don't put the stupid well suit. 
one. Well, you know. actually, I will say this. The last time he didn't do that was when Benji was born. And that was a high stakes situation completely. Not to mention, I would say, I think Seth uh, is a little bit of a greater threat than all of uh, than what happened here at the auction. So, yeah. you know. So um, I have to give a shout out to to Delilah, who is like the least known of all these De- crimes. Deadly, deadly Delilah. But she's Tom DeFalco creation. So I'm like, oh, Tom put his pet character in there. Oh, I yeah, no, I like I, I seen a rivalry between her and Mayday because that would I still don't get the whole talking in different fonts thing. That still has never been something that I've understood. Like, how am I supposed to read the different font? But that is like um, a you're, su- you're supposed to. So you're supposed to read at least the way I took this. And of course, most of like my first experience with Deadly Delilah is here in this issue. But I would take it as you're supposed to think of it like this is how 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 do you uh, let's see IT crowd. So, you know, the gothic guy in the IT crowd, you know how he talks. That's how that that's it. That's what she sounds like. Hmm. Don't even try to like up pitch it. No, no, no. She sounds exactly like that. like monotone. No. No. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, 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 I think I know you get it, but like, d- don't try to replicate it. <laughs> I, at least watch watch a more recent like watch an episode first before you try because I don't I don't know if you've watched it recently. It's but that was like that was an off pitch. No, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like it's supposed to be like that super gothic kind of thing. That's the way I take it. Is like she just sounds super, super goth, like mm-hmm. in almost a silly way. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, my thoughts on this, real quick. Fun issue. Great. Um, kind of in cap to the to this arc it really you know we're we're at a year and a half now of of this run and it really kind of felt like things were starting to kind of coalesce around here and, and it's you still got a few plot threads so you know definitely of like if you're gonna look at it from the standpoint of this is the first the end of the first half really is in this issue and yes we're covering one more issue tonight but um yeah, I, I really like how the Hobgoblin subplot gets taken care of. This Kingpin uh, disc subplot gets handled. Um, the Benji stuff gets handled. So there's a, it is definitely an ending, but also there's enough there to leave you wanting more, which is something that they always did a really good job about um, when it came to like the ending of an arc. You wanted, you know, now you want to know what what what's next with the high school drama. And um, so, yeah, that leads us to the other issue 17. Now, if you're reading this on Marvel Unlimited. It has been corrected. Well, (laughs) you remember where people were discussing that uh, in one of the discords, it was a few maybe two years ago where we were talking about it somewhere and somebody was like, no, 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 they they totally changed it. They had a second run. I don't remember issue 19 ever getting or getting a second run with it corrected i've never seen it every single time i've ever seen the issue 
a physical copy, it's still saying 17. Um, I think the only time I've seen it 19 was, and I got to check, but I think maybe the scroll cover was corrected. I think so. Now, the reason that, and I was the one I think that started or, that. Or not not cor corrected, but you know what I mean? I think the. Has a correct number on there. The, the B cover was correct, but I'll double check because I have that too. And I can't remember if that was also saying 17 because there was a whole situation where this for the longest time, even, even scanned, the original scan in Marvel Unlimited back in 2010, had it, at, even though it would say 19, it had it as 17. Uh, somewhere along the way, they did fix it. Uh, I don't remember when. It just right. sort of happened. And I mean, so it, it I, should have happened. <laughs> so going back to history, I, I remember asking Tom about this and Tom had said that it will probably be, it would have, it will be corrected in a, in like when they reprint it. So I think they corrected it in the digest, but I'm, or what, yeah. uh, or in not the digest, but the, uh, but the trades. But I don't well, So in the trades, though, I don't remember it showing like the different cover each issue. So I think it just goes through seamlessly. But I, this is also one of those stories that doesn't quite fit in either trade paperback because mm -hmm. this is kind of a momentary thing as we're leading into brand new May. Um, yeah. And uh I mean, I do believe that there's some history here, though. Because oh, this yeah. is, you know, and this is something I think we should talk about just story-wise before we go into it. Um, which, of course, I don't have, like, my facts completely straight, but I do remember. Because this was the whole thing. There was a lot of discussion about how, oh, Aranya should be named Spider-Girl for the 616. And we were all like, no, this is a horrible idea. Don't do it. Because uh, then they wanted to change May to Spider-Woman, which was gross and not her name. Uh, uh, still, it's not her name. Tom and Ron once said in an interview, which is available on Spotify. Um, no, it's, no, it's not. But it is. Yeah, it is. It's still on Spotify. Yeah. <clears throat> It's not on Spotify. Don't don't go to Spotify. Yeah, no, no. It's it's yeah, no. But, but you know, uh, if you if you do leave it, leave it a five star. Yeah, leave it a five star oh. review. But um they called it the kiss of death. Switching her to um I mean Sp look. If it can't help Jessica, it can't help anyone. Yeah. So so yeah, and this kind of became a very meta cover and a very meta issue as a result of that, because there was a lot of anger directed and ire directed towards Marvel because it, the, she got the marketing push that we begged Marvel to get. And yes, there was a marketing push for Amazing Spider-Girl number one, as I point back to my poster behind me. I mean, it's... It was like the marketing push that Aranya got and the amazing fantasy um, 15 volume two, you know, whole thing. Like she got propped up so much in a Which way not, that made it ever new. Well, Go. it's also what I was going to say though is yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like she got prop marketing pushed her hard and I, this is my thing. I don't think they would have 
had Spider-Girl not been the hit that it is. And so especially when you're looking at it right now, yeah, it did feel like a slap in the face. And it was a slap in the face until, you know, they do this to Spider-Gwen and that takes off like wildfire. And then all of us, all all Spider-Girls and Spider-Women fans are just like, what? Uh, because it's it's kind of a tale as old as time, unfortunately. Um, lead women characters very rarely get the marketing that they deserve. And May has always been, you know, I've uh, bitterly, um, or halfway bitterly, because at this point I'm not that angry anymore. I'm over it. Uh, like, not over it, over it. Like, I'm not, I have not forgiven Marvel. Uh, I have trust issues due to that. Uh, but the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm no longer angry as more like I have accepted that this is how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, the thing with, with Mayday and Marvel marketing is they love using her when they want that solid Spider-Girl fan base to push her. And of course, right now you've got a lot of cosplayers and a lot of new teenagers, uh, you know, they're just, they're getting into Marvel because of the MCU and they don't quite know Mayday, but they've seen her costume or they've seen things that Marvel has put out marketing wise when marketing wants that solid fan base. And it's garnering this bigger and bigger attention. And And so, yeah. You know, she's the first NFT. She, which I wonder how that went for everybody. Um, she's wondering, you know, like we're about to see, you know, they literally have her set. If if I'm thinking right, have they pushed back Spider-Verse again? No, not that I know so of. So her issues are gonna coincide right there. As it like as Spider-Verse, uh, the new Spider-Verse movie happens. Um, you know, she, you know, obviously she's in every single Spider-Verse team up, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, so we'll get to in episodes. Yeah. So she, the thing is, is she's always, she's always there. She's always in the back pocket for Marvel to use when they need her. So they can, you know, cause they know that she's going to bring in some numbers but it's never effective. But then again, when you look at how they, they look, so going into, you know, obviously we know that they gave Anya the spider girl moniker in the six one six after this issue. Um, and they lobotomized the character. it, It killed, like, I mean, let's be fair for a long time. It killed any, excitement people had because it wasn't the right story for her it wasn't the right name for her well they just now changed it back because now they want that diversity and they want that they want that story that they literally tried to take away from her to make her quote-unquote more marketable then it's a fascinating tale of the whole Grim Hunt story, which is how she got the Spider Girl moniker, yeah. was so poorly done in terms of executing this name change and this costume change and setting up the status quo. Because it was, they were being told to do it. Yeah. They're, 
all editorial. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And I'm sure editorial got told by marketing. And by the editor in chief. Oh, yeah. Who this but, was his character. Uh, as we explained, uh, what was it? Two episodes ago? You know, she was kind of created as a character for Joe Casada's daughter to identify with yeah. as a Hispanic American um, female spider character. There, the, the, the intention was there to try to create this new character. And they were wanting to call her spider girl didn't happen uh, because the, frankly, the spider girl fan base went, look, there's already a spider girl. We don't need two spider girls running around. It's going to confuse readers. So Aranya becomes Aranya, Spider Girl becomes Spider Girl, and then you know, in the, with the big time relaunch in 2011, which was two, what three years after this issue. Well, um, after the, three years after this issue, yes, and it was, um, I think Spider Girl: The End had just dropped either oh, yeah. at the end of 2010. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, it, it, which the the worst part about that was they get spectacular spider girl gets announced as a mini series. Wait, it was in Marvel unlimited right as they launched the app. Yeah. So they, they started off at Marvel unlimited. Then they did a, then they were doing a, uh, what they were told was an ongoing series that when it, when it got published, the first issue said one of four, yeah, didn't even know that it was a miniseries. They get told, oh, you've got to wrap up your story because we're doing this whole big relaunch with Spider-Girl and we can't have two Spider-Girl comics out. So that's how Spider-Girl The End came to be. Well, too, um, this was also during the Disney merger. Yes. It, it just like so it, not to say that, like, I just I don't think anything was necessarily meant to be backhanded like that. I think the issue was is they just merged and let's be fair, Disney likes synergy. It's not it's not there's not a lot of synergy when again there's two Spider Girl titles. No. And um I think if you've looked at Marvel from the acquisition point onward. It's very like symmetry is like Syn- synergy, not yeah. symmetry. Well, feel uh, free, but you know, um, yeah, well, no. And I mean, again, uh, I will also state though, um, it's not like Marvel, you know, the Marvel Disney merger was not all bad. I do distinctly remember during that time I was, uh, you know, being very Cassandra about it all saying that Disney was going to ruin Marvel. Um, because you know, we we've seen what happens when W WB's agreement with DC, how that's gone. Um this agreement here at least does keep them fairly separate creative wise for the most part. Um but you know, we could go all day long on on how that's happened, but at least like Marvel Comics is separate from Disney you know, in that sense, they are allowed to. They do have autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. They're allowed to be just, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure they get told certain things can and cannot happen leading up to certain things, you know, happening movie wise, but that's about it. Patreon discussion. 
So, you know, let us know if you want to see that in the comments below on Patreon.com. Radio Network. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we do need to go ahead and move on. Uh, but yeah, just to set up, because I think we kind of went, there's a lot to discuss in, in the terms of Spider-Girl versus Aranya here. Um, yes. But basically during this time was kind of that head point of really wanting to push back on the fact that Anya has her own name and has her own story. She doesn't need to be spider girl. Um, and two, I also want to preface anybody who has started off with spider girls, the miniseries and seeing 616 Anya be very friendly and almost like protectively, you know, like a protective friend to May. Um, this is 982 Anya. Yeah, this she is not has a different life, a very different life than what has happened to Anya in the 616. So it is two separate characters. So I do want to make sure that that is clear, um, you know, that this is not, th this this older Anya, so what, what would she be here? Like 35? Yeah. I think, yeah, she'd be in her like early mid thirties here, I believe. So this is, you have to think, this is Anya. Uh, this is Anya um, from the time of her original drop as, you know, to 2008. 17 and, her powers. So if it's 15, she was, like in her early. Yeah, she's like, I think they've de-aged her a little bit now on that. But yeah, she was 16, 17 when she got her powers. So I would, I, so she's probably around our age now. 32 between 32 30 and 35 well because we also have to think though see this is this is where it gets wibbly wobbly timey wimey because That's you know she wasn't around um you know when i would say see my thing is i would the way i always thought about it was like okay if peter is in his mid-20s when she's like 16 um and what i think we because they de-aged him uh you know wibble age is a age is nothing but a construct in marvel um but <laughs> you're right uh i don't know i i he's, he's been de-aged and yeah how how old did we decide fabian was like late 20s yeah he's like 28 29 okay and she's probably a little bit older than him, I think. Yeah. So but I yeah, would say I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing early 30s, like uh, maybe a little older than me. So maybe like your age. Yeah, she's in her 30s. My existential crisis has begun when I found out or when I realized I was be turn I was turning 35 this year. So it's fine. I'm officially out of the target demographic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 18 to 34 demo. Yeah, I'll be in the, yeah. I'll, I'll be in the old man demo now. Yeah. Old man yells at cloud. There you go. You feel strong about that. You can now yell at a cloud. Uh, as if I don't already yell at clouds. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and start this. So amazing spider girl 19, AKA the other 17 
Info cover date is June 2008, and it was on sale April 9th, 2008. The title is There Can Only Be One. We start with Peter burning the oven mitt while making wheat cakes. He's distracted by the newspaper outlying what happened at the old Brooklyn Theater. They talk about Charlie, and May still feels like she needs to be a better superhero because she knows others would have found ways to save Charlie, like her dad, uh, which, as I stated earlier, no, no, you wouldn't have. Uh, so some, any, yeah, oh, I, I went into this because I literally wrote, you know, some wouldn't have a spider sense to find the invisible assassin chasing Mona down to get there. So like, you know, Bro. pretty sure, she, pretty sure she did the best anyone could do. Um, but anyway, meanwhile, in a secret temple in Manhattan, Aranya talks about the auction and how she wanted to use it as a way to lure Black Tarantula out, but he didn't take the bait like she thought he would. She also advises to Michael that Spider-Girl could be useful to them just yet. She just needs a teacher. Meanwhile, May is stressed over a pop quiz, and as classes, she walks the halls with Davida and Courtney wearing Jean's varsity jacket, and Davida right, is rightfully letting May have it on how self-absorbed Jean is. As Davida asks for backup from Courtney, Courtney's lost in thought because of how hard things have been with Moose and Moose's dad. But May's spider sense goes off and she finds her stalker is Simone, which, as you know, the stalker that was running around in what we thought was a varsity jacket was Simone being a very insecure girl. Um, anyway, Simone tells May to keep the varsity jacket clean for her since it's only a matter of time before Jean comes back to her. Something about how he couldn't wait for something uh, and was very uh, eager for, for something if you know what Simone means, uh, which really just makes me feel sorry for Simone because that's also very, very abusive. If, you know, he just left, you know, May to go to Simone to get what he wanted and then goes back to, like, I know we're supposed to hate Simone, but I actually feel really, really generally like upset for her because this is horrible. Do not treat women this way. This is wrong. Anyway. Um, Sarah comes up to May, and they have a friendly chat. Sarah, of course, is the mutant that we saw a few issues back. Um, and they have a friendly chat, and where Sarah really wants to talk to May about something, because, you know, Sarah is back at Midtown High. She's not going to any mutant school. She's going to be back with her people, because that's the way she feels like she belongs, back in her neighborhood, back with her parents, normal life. Uh, and she really wants to talk to May more than likely about how to handle it all, because as we know, Sarah did see May do a lot of backflips <laughs> um, earlier. Um, but Jean pushes Sarah aside before they can have a real chat, and May is all too love-struck to really see that that hurt Sarah's feelings, which was rightfully so. And that makes me upset for Sarah. Um, so. Anya sets a plan while her minions go out and hunt for Spider-Girl among the Forest Hill area high schools because they've determined that Spider-Girl likes to go out between 3 to 10 o'clock at night and generally is found around high schools. I May needs to be smarter, um, <laughs> which I, I know she doesn't know, but that that worries me that um 
Anya can figure that out. Um, so anyway, Michael expresses doubt over this and Anya assures him that she can handle a teenage girl and that they can use May or they can use Spider Girl, which Michael replies, like how the Spider Society used you. E. Not great. Anyway, because uh, that's exactly how Anya wants to use her. Uh, so after school at Midtown High, May sits in the bleachers, like Jean asked, and uses the time to catch up on her studies, though the other football girl friends tell May that she's being disrespectful because she's supposed to watch the game and then cheer for Jean when he does something good, but it's like practice. May tries, but after 10 minutes, she's out of there, or after like 10 minutes, she's out of there. She got very bored very quickly. As May leaves, a student in a cheer uniform tells May that she should try out for the dance team, like May doesn't have enough on her plate. Uh, but May mulls it over and slips into her costume to do some light web swinging. Uh, May starts, notice, starts noticing what she thinks are bird watchers, but are actually guys from Aranya's crew. As May confronts one of them, Aranya comes in ready for a fight. Uh, and calling her little sister in Spanish and the battle and they battle it out as an introduction, you know, like vigilantes tend to do. May has had enough of it, though, and doesn't understand the point of the fight anyway. So she tries to lose Aranya, yet they wind back up into fighting on top of a subway train because Aranya really just needs her to fight back for some reason. Aranya keeps telling May how she's not a good hero and she's naive and doesn't understand anything, doesn't understand how the world works. Um, and, you know, the way that Spider-Girl handles things is just not right because it's not tough enough and someone needs to teach her that. Someone like Aranya, perhaps. Aranya disses Spider-Man and calls him a lousy teacher and this goads May into following her. May does her best to end the fight and pins Aranya down with impact webbing. Spider-Girl tells Aranya that she'll admit to her shortcomings and mistakes and knows she has a lot to learn. But May is doing the best she can and she isn't some glory hound like what Aranya is trying, you know, to make her, you know, think. Uh, but Aranya breaks out of the webbing with an exoskeleton and comes charging at Spider-Girl who magnetizes the rooftop and punches Aranya as hard as she can. She then webs Aranya up really nice and tight and swings away. Michael comes out of hiding and Aranya says it all went well and she's placed her seeds of doubt in May, which, uh, you know, or she places her seeds in May, which I assume is just more self-doubt the girl was already riddled with. So great. Thanks. Good job. That's totally how to be a, a friend, Aranya. Um, anyway. May heads back to the football field to meet up with Jean and calls her dad. She tells him that she wants to start her training back up, which Peter agrees to, and May walks away with Jean to Cafe Indigo as she tries to figure out how she's going to juggle everything and find a way to make time for Jean. The end for now. You're on mute. Sorry, I was I was busy listening to you, you know, give that riveting recap as I was, you know, going through the issue with you, like so many of our readers do when they when they listen to the show. Um, really enjoy this issue. Uh, it, it is interesting because you don't ever see the exoskeleton thing show up like in modern day Aranya stuff. 
No, yeah. Well, this was, I don't remember her having an exoskeleton prior to Spider Girl. She did, okay. Yeah, she did the early appearances like with the Aranya title, but not, it definitely was not in the Spider Girl book. No, well, again, like I stated, it's, they took everything interesting and cool about Aranya when they changed her to Spider Girl and took it away. And we're only now finally getting some of that back. But of course, like literally she became Aranya right at the beginning of this new Spider-Verse. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully time will tell and hopefully she gets her full power back and kind of gets her name back. Um, in you know, full capacity. But again, that's kind of, kind of what I'm saying. It's like, it's been, so long with her basically having her hands tied behind her back and being called something that's not her name. Yeah. And speaking of like hands being tied behind her back, Mayday is caught very off guard and she's trying really hard. Not oh. to f- yeah. May-, May is like, what is this? Why are you fighting me? Why? And like, stop calling me little sister. What the heck? Like, which is fair because this is weird. This is very weird. Of course, we find out what uh, Anya decides to do, which is gross. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, uh, which we'll talk about. But, like, so the thing is, is, like, uh, like, this whole thing, this is the thing, is basically this Anya, her, what happened with the spider society, like, really affects her here mm-hmm. and it's almost like down that line the lines are blurred between you know because the Anya we know now has such a strong I will say has a strong sense of morals especially like when she was in the Black Widow uh, comics um, currently in Spider-Girl and Spider-Verse she's very like she knows right and wrong yes. this one I guess because like the Spider Society kind of grabbed onto her really young because now you know she's in college because she can age um you know but only to a certain degree i'm sure right after this like this is it um you know it's kind of like seeing almost a dark path this is clearly like one of her darker timelines darker multiverse self uh and it's a uh it's not uh it's not a pleasant situation um, but I, I do think that she's she was a victim. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Maddie Franklin, you know, what what would happen if you know Madam Webb, you know, took her down a dark path or something like that, or Mark oh, yeah. dies and, and there's a vacuum of some sort and and because I mean obviously you don't. I mean, if you're looking at the druids, the the guys that she's talking to, like in her lair, they're definitely dressed like Madame Web. Um, yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's it's almost like a cult, and that's yeah. kind of the situation. Is like it's a cult. So, like, what she thinks might be for the greater good, even though we find out, like, it's all, it's almost slightly to get back at uh, an ex, uh, or get back with an ex. Not. not hey. Uh, you know, it's, uh, she's, she's kind of using it to her own accord and she's picking and choosing what is right and what is wrong. And it's because the, 
her clarity has been blurred. Things yes. are now shades of gray. They're no longer black and white, which, you know, Spider Girl dealt with that, but like, you know, I guess where it's Spider Girl still knows good and bad. Anya here doesn't quite know that line anymore. And so that's kind of what we're seeing here. And it's uh it's interesting. Cause like I said, I don't ever want to call her a full-on villain, but she's definitely doesn't have May's best interests here, clearly. She's only looking out for herself and what she what she has deemed the greater good, which I don't I still uh I have some thoughts on that. But that that will be explained in brand new May, um, which we will not get to until beginning of 2023. Because next issue or next episode, rather, is going to be American Dream. But anyway, your thoughts. Yeah, um, I'll I'll finish my thoughts on this. It it really is. um, I I love the the opening scene with Peter and and May. you know, I in my head canon now, uh, they go to Sam's Club and they buy oven mitts in bulk. They buy like in like like. Would it be commercial. Sam's Club or Costco? You, you know, I I would I think Peter would be a more Costco guy than Costco. a Sam's Club, especially because it's New York and they don't like Walmart in general. Who, so. who actually likes Walmart? The necessary evil. Right. I mean, for yeah. I, I, I like Sam's. I, I, uh, if you give me a choice, but um, that's because I, I I didn't have a Costco where I was from, so yeah. And then the, allegedly there's going to be one possibly built like right next to my house, and if cool. that happens, then I will I will definitely get a Costco membership <laughs> and be eating I, my dollar hot dogs. It's fair. I've never stepped in a Costco in my life. I used to work at Sam's um, back actually whenever this was being published. My first tour of duty with Sam's. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's more or less my thoughts. I, I, I really like how they they brought uh, Aranya in and they and they made a story out of it. I mean, they made they made lemonade out of lemons and um, turning something that was a negative into a positive and, and actually using it as a story element, I thought was really, really, um, well, again, the character is not the negative. It was what all the other fluff. It's, it's what, uh, what was being kind of pushed, um, yes. was the issue. Cause again, I, I will stand by almost any character. I just think that again, you need to have a writer that actually cares and you need to have a story worth telling. And here the story is worth telling, uh, although this is kind of planting more seeds for the next part. Um, but see, this yep. story is good and it's worth telling. And it's done to me brilliantly where no one's, you know, no one's just a, you know, 2D version of themselves. Like I, I've stated this countless times, like the way this writing is, these characters feel human. They feel real. Um, and that's kind of what I'm saying is like, it, it doesn't feel like some 1940s radio serial about Batman or Superman. Like the, these are real people, uh, you know, in that degree, they're fictional characters, obviously, but they feel like they're real. So 
as I stated about the morals, there's there's some dimension there. Um, and they tell the story. So. I did want to mention, because um, Venkman has the trade, and apparently they have... It does say issue 19, and it shows both versions of the covers back-to-back. Okay, cool. So, it's in there. Um, uh, yeah. Um, give us your thoughts on this issue, and then we can... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was... I mean, I kind of already did, as I kept interrupting you. But, um, you know, I... Welcome the interruptions. It's fine. Uh, I will say that, like, I do remember reading this at 17 and like really, really hating uh, Aranya. And just like you knew it was bad news, but of course we don't know how bad, but it's like, what is she plotting? What is she planning? What is going on? I don't like this. I don't like who she is here and Mm -hmm. what she's turned into. Because of course, then I'm thinking in teenage brain and I'm not thinking about like, you know, where we've, we've seen people like now, you know, at, at 32, like I've, I've seen people that have gone down dark paths and have completely changed who they are. But like, you don't think that, you know, as a teen necessarily because you're young. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of a, cause I don't know, like I remember being 17 going, I'll never change. And it's like, to a degree I haven't, but also life changes you. Regardless, that's the whole point. <laughs> so that's kind of where that came from. I just, I, I remember opening this issue, like just being so angry at it because I was just like, I cannot, I don't like this the way she is. But of course too, I was angry at the whole situation. I didn't like the character to begin with anymore because of what Marvel was trying to do. So it, it made sense to villainize her. But like I said, as I stated earlier, I don't want to villainize her because there's a backstory there that we might not, you know, have at right now, but, you know, there's things that have made her into this and it's, you know, she's, she hasn't had a great life. Um, you know, and then of course, like I said, the issue is really well done and like, you, you know, you can see an Aranya that might've turned out this way, but thankfully, uh, you know, this in the 616, she, she's a lot freer of a person. Um, she has a lot more autonomy as a person. And maybe that, you know, maybe in some weird way, her getting the Spider-Girl moniker kept her from that fate. Although I think somebody would have figured something out or, you know, just wouldn't have continued the character at all. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, I do love the Highlander reference that I yes. just know about. Shouldn't have taken me that long. No, that's okay. It's all right. Anyway, uh, okay. yeah, so, you know, that's really all I have to say about it. Obviously, you know, we don't, I don't know, like the way Brand New May starts off, it just feels new and feels like a totally different chapter. Um, mm-hmm. But this is like kind of trying to thread that in there. So it's not a complete close like last issue was. Yeah, it's definitely the season premiere before we get to the meaty part of like, 
It's like it's like the first half hour of a se- of an hour long season premiere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good issue. It's a fun issue. I'm glad I'm glad that kind of we we got to kind of explore it and give it its its space. You know, and instead of trying to stuffing that into like the last episode, and you know, making like a six part, you know, no, and and that's kind of my thing is I didn't want to because it it was either make a kind of longer uh, episode last episode and then just had this one off or just kind of put these in like this, which to me made more sense because then at least here's this other story wrapping things up. Here's this that's now continuing its board. And we can kind of take a little break and read American Dream next. So, yeah. but before we talk about that, we do have an email. Yes. Do you mean to read it? Yes, you can read it. But also, like, everybody, like, because I feel like not, you know, nothing wrong with Vinkman emailing us every episode. That's cool. But, like, I want to hear from everybody else, too. Yeah. Like, I want to hear from more people. Let's have like two or three emails next time, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, make my mayday at gmail.com or spider dude radio network at gmail.com. You can leave us emails. Uh, spider dude one is for all the shows on the spider dude radio network. Uh, Big Vinkman left us an email. He says, Web fluid doesn't taste very good. This is the subject. He says, Hello, Kelly and Zach. I wanted to write a quick email to assure you that it's not a problem when you go off on tangents like you did in the last episode. It's always fun and lighthearted. Besides, it's never, all caps, not entertaining when Kelly goes off on one of Mayday's friends like DeVita. (laughs) On the flip side, he thought it was very sweet of Kelly to be so sympathetic and understanding towards the Bridezilla from the end of that story. Even if she's a total Karen and she probably deserved to have her mouth web shut, Kelly reminded us that weddings are expensive and stressful for everyone. Take it from somebody that's been married twice. This is a true statement. The last thing anyone (laughs) wants is for anything to go wrong. And that includes being interrupted by a costume spider person. Thanks for always giving us an entertaining show. And until Neil takes over the network and turns this into a Transformers podcast, make mine mayday. Sincerely, Vinkman. Wait, so did did Vinkman think that that's what Neil was doing when he was here earlier? He can answer that question in the comments down below. Speaking of, if you want to be part of the show, if you're listening to the audio edition of this episode, be sure to give us five-star review. And if you want to be a part of the show live, when the live streams occur, find us on YouTube at Spidey Dude Radio Network is the handle on YouTube. At Spidey Dude Radio Network is the place to be. So um, we'll take maybe some comp- final comments before we wrap this episode up. You go with yeah, that, and then... Sure. And then um, we'll just talk a little bit about the next episode because that I do want us to have a hard date on because I want to make sure that you at least get your month off for your birthday, too. Yeah, it, well, I, I'm going to be busy because I'm trying to schedule some uh, interviews like. Uh, OK, OK. All right. I, I, but no, I, look, I am. Um, I'm thankful for taking some time. Uh, taking a, a step back. I, I, we probably won't do as many um, Spider experiences next month. Obviously, next week, we're recording this the week before um, Thanksgiving. This will be out before Thanksgiving, so that way you guys can listen to the to the audio editions on Thanksgiving break um, next week. So um, I'm going to be flying to El Paso. You're going to be uh, heading home 
for the holiday, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be, uh, I mean, it's not home, home, uh, but well, yeah, St. Mary's. With your yeah. parents. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go see my mom, me and my daughter. My daughter gets to fly in, in an airplane for the first time that she remembers. Ooh. So she's Fun. very, so um, we get to go see yeah, my mom. It's, it's just an Airbus. Yeah. Well, see, uh, daddy gets very airsick. So oh, no. I, I'm, I'm going to be popping Dramamine and um, trying to take a nap while simultaneously entertaining the child. <laughs> so, um, cause she's going to want a window seat and, um, she's going to want to look out the window and she's gonna be like, daddy, daddy. I'm be like, Nope, I can't. So it's terrible. Uh, ever since I stuffed a silicone earplug into my ear and got it into my inner ear canal, my balance and my ability to fly on airplanes has been affected ever since. Yeah. So moral of the story is don't rupture your eardrum. Yeah. Like yeah. Things in your ear. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, um, the best part about that was, was they thought it was a cancerous polyp because I lost hearing in that ear after we got back from our, from our cruise. And the, uh, the email that they, the ear, nose and throat doctor sent was quite entertaining because she's looking and looking and she's got this like, you know, microscope looking thing and she stuffed it in my ear and she's like, then she grabs some tweezers and like some specialized tweezers and plucks it out. And she's like, what is that? And I was like, it's a silicone earplug. And it, the best way of describing how my hearing was at that point was when you're really drunk then or really hung over the next morning and people are like talking too loud. That was me. It was like that ear was having to recompensate. And so everything was like an 11. Yeah. Sorry. Terrible. Um, It was like me after I watched amazing Spider-Man (laughs) two. Womp womp. Um, Anyway, um, if we don't have any other comments. um, Yeah, no, it's, it's just It's Neil and Binkman talking about, um, Neil taking this over and turning our show into Make Mine Megatron, which no, over my dead body, Neil. She um, will. St- for yeah. some, I'm not seeing any of the live comments. Like it is stuck on my end. So, oh well, I mean, too. I guess like whenever you renewed, like I don't have my co-host abilities because I've been trying to like take Thinkman's comment off screen, I, I, uh, and I can't yeah. do it. So we need to fix that at some point. But I'll fix uh, it before. Okay, cool. So before we go, um, like I said, uh, I want a hard date on this. December 1st, 2022, we will live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 uh, Central. And um, it's going to be American Dream, uh, which I will send you the I will send you like who gets what and everything uh, tomorrow, hopefully. So but we're going to end the year with the last MC2 mini. American dream. We get to see things through Shannon's perspective a bit and get more insight on what makes her so worthy of the shield. It's a lot of fun and one of my absolute favorites. So I'm excited to tackle tackle it for the show. And then we will be taking the rest of the year off. um, And we will start back with brand new May in January, which we will give you those dates uh, maybe on the first. Uh, If not, we will definitely send out little emails and stuff like that. But obviously, when you want to catch us, if we ever have to change 
things around uh, because of circumstances beyond our control, like parents surprisingly visiting, because that does happen. Um, uh, it's a good thing. It's not bad. I promise. I'm not making fun of you, Zach. It was okay. Oh, I know. No, no, um, no. You're good. But, but um, in, in changes that we can't change or situations we can't change, uh, definitely if you want to follow us on the live stream on YouTube, there's a little bell icon. You got to click it and you got to make sure it says all notifications. So that way you get a notification every single time a Spidey Dude goes live. Um, also, too, on Facebook, uh, we will try to get better at that, especially because right now the updates on it now makes me like it keeps switching it on my app. So I always have to check before I post a status that it's I'm not in Spidey Dude. Because for some reason it keeps putting me in there. Oh, it, listen the the recent update that they rolled out is so. Uh, it could be worse. You could be Brad who is locked out from posting like comments until like the end I of really, the month. I really, I really want to know what actually happened. I feel like there was an update and someone someone accidentally posted something they shouldn't have and it just locked it. But I didn't see it. So see, I had the same thing, and I like walked him through what I did, but I had to go onto a computer to fix it. I couldn't do it on mobile and I couldn't do it on my tablet. I had to go wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. You were... Okay. It's true. It's, it's what we're talking about. Never mind. It will. Yeah. Now, um, cause I just realized it would sound shady, uh, unless people actually fully understand, but like, again, you know, there's reasons I panic when Brad says he's going to Google something. So <laughs> um, I'm just saying we'll figure it out at some point. It'll be okay. Uh, but yes. So um, December 1st, American dream. We're going to try and do our best to make sure that everything is ready to go by that date. And then we will try our best to give you some dates as we start one of my favorite stories uh, in all comics, brand new May. For better or for worse, and we'll definitely talk about the complicated feelings uh, when that happens and everything that goes on in that. Because I got a lot to say. Uh, so that may yeah. be a long episode of Make Mine Mayday. Oh right. I, well, I mean, obviously, it's the last third of the series. Um, we're st we're gonna try and do four issues still, but like it might wind up where certain things are three or two, just because. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. So we're at issue 19 right now. We have the big oversized issue 25, which gives us some more context of certain things. Um, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot that we're going to be here. We're going to be covering, especially in that in those last stories and stuff like that. It's very, very dense, very, very riveting. I really love this era um of brand new may as well I, I i really like it a lot and and we'll talk a lot about the history go and what went on and everybody's reactions and stuff like that so you'll get a lot of a lot of details of that but first we're going to do american dream i have not read it yet so this is going to be my first time reading it um so i'm looking forward to that how did so. you never how did you never read it I forgot it existed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, well, 
You know, it was one of those things. It, it it was coming out around the same time as when this was being released. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you, it was 2008 was my year from hell. I lost my sister in January around okay. this time. I lost my, I was about to lose my grandmother. And so it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And like for a long, for a while throughout that year, like one of my great joys in life was reading amazing spider girl. And so it was very much my escape from the doldrums of, um, but at that point I wasn't like as into the rest of the MC two universe as I was into spider girl. And I was with anyone else. And that's why we didn't get any more. I know it was my fault. It's all my fault. Justice Uh, for G2. Yeah, he just hashtag. He needs it. Um, but yeah, so with that, we'll, uh, I guess, wrap up the episode there. Normally, I'd have like a card up, but I'm my controls are not working on not working right well, we, now. Again, I I did warn everybody in the chat. We had some technical difficulties. So thanks for sticking with us on this uh, kind of slightly chaotic uh, episode, which is hilarious because this was probably our like most prepared. It really was. And- Somehow and somehow we we botched it. <laughs> botched it. I think we I think we have evolved to a point where we can be free flowing and structured at the same time. Yes, uh, unless we deviate from this episode structure. So on special episodes, we need to need to rein in our uh, insanity sometimes. But that's yeah. Okay. So. Um, a lot of stuff. We'll talk a lot about what we want to do in 2023 mm-hmm. next with the, uh, the American dream mini and, um, what we're looking forward to and all of it coming here on make mine made Thanks for watching. If you're watching us live on YouTube or you're watching the replay on YouTube, thank you for watching. If you're listening to us on the audio edition, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time here on make my made a part of the Spidey. Network. So, uh, had a bit of some technical difficulties at the end of this episode, I seem to recall, and now I'm, as I'm listening to the playback, I do remember that there was a lot of technical difficulties. So, if you like this show, you be sure to give us a five-star review in your favorite podcasting catcher. Sorry about the technical difficulties that we had uh, during the show. And uh, as always, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. Leave us an email if you like at makemindmayday at gmail.com. You can leave us an email also for the network in general for uh, all of our shows on the Spidey Radio Network at Network at gmail.com. You can always leave us that five-star review. We'll read a... Uh, your reviews on a future episode. In fact, we got some reviews that we have not read, so we'll read those on a future edition of the program. Okay, so without further ado, let's wrap this episode up. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here on Make My Mayday, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world.